same old trouble villains always knocking at the door pretty pictures on the page but nothing ever stays the same thank you vandello and welcome once again to graphically novel my name is josh wasta hey okay hey fall out Pierre. jim he's gonna do it again yeah, with me as always mm. the peter to my michael oh Ew. the <laughs> the frank nitty of the movie what? it's bear wait what uh, frank I, nitty. i'm so lost he was capone's right hand man and actually as a as somebody who really really enjoys mobster stuff he's a great character he's all awesome right, he was okay. he was the gentleman of capone's mom wait a minute now yeah okay anyway the gentleman <laughs> the gentleman <laughs> Uh, and with us, as usual, the lovely and talented Baronessa, the lovely Miss Jennifer Holland. Thank you. See, his introductions are nice. Mine are nice. I, this season, I'm being nice. His introductions are not creepy. That'll make you, me want to slide my chair away from you. Thank you, Bear. <laughs> and it's my pleasure to introduce our guest, who we have a, a returning guest today. Um, he survived from hell. He did. <laughs> and, he and COVID. Survived, and COVID. And he survived Bear low these many years. <laughs> these many, many years. <laughs> Please welcome Luke Weezer. Hey. Hello, Hello. Welcome back. We did not have you read alan more this time yay you just threw me on the exact opposite end of the pool thank you exactly i don't know that this is opposite pretty uh, damn close i don't know i would i would argue that something like dark phoenix would be oh, opposite of, of from hell but anyway while we were discussing this season uh, we had our 12 episodes in front of us, and the three of us actually decided who to invite. And Bear, you chose Squeeze, you chose your brother to come back, uh, and you wrote to Perdition, um, which is close to my heart because it's a Max uh, Allen Collins, and he is from um, Makokoda, yes. Iowa, and wrote it in Makokoda. And actually, most of the graphic novel, well, takes place takes in, place in the Tri-City. Well, the Tri-Cities at the time, before it was the Quad City. Right. Um, and actually, mainly because this actually ties into some of our personal history. Um, in, you know, in our in our history, um, <clears throat> my mother used to be, a, our mother used to be a, a certified genealogist and discovered that one of our uh, distant relatives, one Roger O'Donohue, I believe it was, Squeeze? Uh, I think it was part of the O'Donohue family. Yes, was uh, a G-man under Elliot Ness. Hmm. Interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. Which, for people that are only familiar with the movie, Elliot Ness is not in the movie. Elliot Ness has nothing to do with the movie. Elliot Ness is very, very much in the book. Yes. Yeah. Um, the book is actually historical fiction. Well, mostly yeah. historical the, the, fiction. The book because, is well, based on a true story. Right. Yeah. Which I would call historical fiction because then you have things like Amityville that are like based on a true story, which means somebody said something one time. Right. So is that why you chose Luke? Absolutely. Okay. So Luke, uh, what did you think? Or what's your, your history with the movie and or the, the graphic novel? Um, uh, you know, I remember seeing um, advertisements for uh, the film uh, when it was uh, coming out. But uh, during that period, I think it was what, 2002, the movie was released. Um, I wasn't seeing a whole lot of movies at that point in time. So like this watching it uh, a few weeks ago was the first time I'd actually ever seen it. Um, again, uh, I have my issues with the whole uh, reading it and then watching it like like before. But uh, uh, it's it's a completely different take. But uh, I guess where are we where are we starting at is what I'm I'm kind of curious because mm -hmm. I got I got a few things to say. Okay. Yeah, words. Well, uh, 
a word. I mean, if you just want to, if you if you want a general overview kind of breakdown, that's fine. I mean, again, we we try to keep major differences in the graphic novel kind of amalgamous, but in this, it's going to be a little difficult, um, just because they're the book is much more historically accurate and and kind of true to those types of tales. The movie was strange to me, but I'll get into that later. So well, and I think that you pointed out one of the bigger quote unquote spoilers in the differences between the movie and the book um, being the presence of Elliot Ness. Elliot Ness and the Untouchables! <laughs> yes. I'm also very amused that the, for those of you that aren't, weren't aware, the road to perdition starts in Iowa, and to get to perdition, just somewhere in Kansas, you have to go through Chicago. <laughs> just wanted you to know that. Well, when we in, were watching the movie last night, I said, where is perdition? In the movie, it's supposed to be in Michigan. In the movie, it's in Michigan, and that makes more sense. Makes more sense because you're on, you're going through yes. it on the way, yep. but not, not so much in the book. I totally missed the part that Perdition was supposed to be in Michigan. I'm like, where is this lake? <laughs> <laughs> I was lake so confused. Like ocean, right? yeah, in goddamn lake. Kansas. <laughs> so yeah. thanks for that clarification. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of my, the notes that I actually have is Perdition, Kansas versus in Michigan. Yeah. And the movie, the movie relied so much on gorgeous cinematography and yes. wonderful places and the iconic, like the, the iconic part of Road to Perdition is the end where he's looking out the window towards Lake Michigan. And I mean, Lake Michigan, if you have not been there, has like not wakes, it has waves. It is large enough to actually have a tidal system. Yep. It's incredible. You know, I've never seen it personally, but it's got to look a lot better than looking out your big bay window over Kansas. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my point is that it was it was iconic because, yeah, it wouldn't have looked the same. He had like looked out and it's just nothing but weak. Yeah, no, it had been like some guy being like, hey, there's a spot on your window. <laughs> and an old black lady saying, come to Hemingford home. <laughs> no, nobody, no stand. No. Nope. It's been a while. Could have said Whoopi Goldberg's, but that's the new standout. Is so Luke uh, overview. Uh, I, going between the two of them, uh, it was really it was really strange. Not in the not in the uh, the angry because I watched and read Harry Potter differences, but more like the like they took it a completely different way. Uh, the film, uh, as I uh, mentioned to you guys earlier, was uh, my buddy and me uh, mobster edition. Um, <laughs> And I don't know, is it is it just normal for anything that Tom Hanks is in? Any sort of violence is toned down? Uh usually. A little bit, but this was this was still pretty I mean it wasn't the book. The, yeah, the movie yeah. wasn't anywhere near as violent as the book, but it was still fairly violent. Because yeah. I think it would have been interesting to see more of a uh road perdition done in the style of Sin City, to be honest, to stay like truer to the uh the graphic novel. But especially the movie because, itself was good. Yeah, especially because yeah. at the beginning he talks about how the very first line or the very first picture in the entirety of the graphic novel is an older Michael Jr. writing it down and saying, My memories, like some people's dreams, are in black and white. And then the entirety of the book is in black and white. Yeah. Um, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I 
I'm torn on that. Like, there are only so many things you can get away with that is like a Sin City or a, the Spirit, those kind of... And you just... Well, I just made you watch the Spirit yeah, for the first time a couple yes. of weeks ago. Yes. But again, I mean, and, and the reason I hadn't watched the Spirit is there are a lot of movies that try to do what Sin City did and do it poorly. Um, a lot of movies that try to do what Schindler's List did and do it poorly. This is true. Uh, so when using black and white as your medium, I think it might have worked in this. And I think with the, especially with the cast that they had, they absolutely could have made it work. I mean, although they did use in in the film, they used a lot of very uh, washed out. You know, like there there weren't there weren't bright vibrant colors everywhere. They used a very washed out, I think, filter over most of the mm-hmm. the movie itself, which helped lend it to that without trying to step into that same category as Schindler's List and Sin City and everything else. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. Luke, any other general thoughts before we get into specific? The um. Uh again with the whole uh with the direction that they took they really hammered home and really focused a lot in the film on uh the relationship between uh the father and his son and uh and then also the relationship between the father and the other families that uh they encounter uh it's very like uh it seems very like they took that more whole familial bond and made it about that rather than the graphic novel being a bit more about the revenge story about about the heists about mm-hmm. you know like i could see i could see maybe taking a different route and doing more like a combination like um gun violence you know uh a heist movie style you know because that's well with the with the bank robberies and stuff like that that weren't really robberies in a sense uh it just seemed a bit more it just seemed a bit more um gosh i'm having difficulty finding my words today it seems more um, uh, like emotional uh rather than vengeful like there's there's a bigger spectrum rather than the need for revenge which was kind of nice to see in a mobster movie but it wasn't miller's crossing either right right well and in the movie they change some major parts of the book when it comes to that story um because in the movie it's not just about revenge because there are there are a lot of levels in the movie um because the uh John, the the main mobster, um, has that father-son relationship with him nowhere in the book. Um, Has nothing to do, is really just making the decision to protect his son. It reminded me a lot of uh, the first John Wick movie, where the kid is a fuck-up and does something wrong, and the father at any point could just be like, it sucks, but I'm just gonna, to save myself and to save my entire organization, I'm gonna put those interests first and just let you have my son, and it's the same kind of story it's john just keeps getting in the way and getting in the way until he has to be listen yeah we've done so much damage i've done so much damage to this organization that uh, you know what my son's a fuck up anyway so just take him let's get back about business right right and they they also portray that better in the movie than they really did in the graphic novel because it was years before john wick did it right (laughs) very true um i found that element of the story more um interesting because that also directly leads to um the meeting with Frank uh, Nettie Ian Chicago at the Lexington Hotel mm. um, which goes very different in the book mm-hmm. but the reason that it goes the way that it goes is Frank is like okay I understand your point you just want this guy the father will be upset but it won't really disrupt because you're not going to kill the father you're just going to deal with it and then yeah. we're going to make peace and you know it's, it's an eye for an eye I, I get that but we're not willing to make that business risk and it's a very cordial meeting to basically be like he's like well this is a courtesy call. I'm just letting you know I'm going to fucking gun this dude down. Yeah. We're, you know? we're literally putting people in, in 
in tallies and ledgers. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which in the book, Capone actually is the one to, to bring that up. Yeah. Capone is in the actual book. Yeah, you actually see him on... Right. And he breaks it down and says, you know, there's an element that you can't put into to X's and O's and tallies. You have, to, you have to factor in respect. And respect is this whole other mm. area, which, again, I'm a huge fan. I, I said it during our episode on The Kitchen. Huge fan of the whole mob uh, gangster era kind of thing. And I found that both the movie and the book did it well, and they did it in different ways. Stay tuned for our episode on Snaps Provolone. What? <laughs> what is Snaps Provolone? Yeah, Sylvester Stallone. When the uh, what was the name of the movie? What was the name of the movie? No idea. Sylvester Stallone was so, in a mob was, movie. Yes, it was a gangster, and it had Tim Curry in it. And have you not seen this movie? How have I not seen this movie? Yeah, I'm the Google. Look it up. <laughs> The Go great the Google D. or the D. I have the D open. By the way, yes. Christmas Day. Yesterday. Yeah. Unprompted. My wife, the lovely and talented Jennifer Howell, referred to it as the D. In I front did of it my on parents. purpose. <laughs> did it on purpose. So there you go, Jason. If you're listening, which we know you are, Jen has now passed the D onto my parents. Hey, Bear, what year was that? What, what, what was what? The movie that you're looking up right oh, now. Oh, it was called Oscar. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Angelo snaps provolone. I've heard of Oscar. <laughs> I've never seen it. It was great. <laughs> All right. One of the well, one, of the, one of the uh, running gags is uh, he's uh, trying to. Um, he's working on his elocution, and Tim Curry is his elocution instructor, and also and working a on like a, like a vo- his vocabulary and stuff like that yeah. too. So he has a word of the day that he keeps trying to figure in in all of his scenes when he's <laughs> when he's talking with people. It's hilarious. Wow, this sounds just like half a step from Johnny Dangerously. And there's a dangling participle joke. <laughs> there is. Wow. <laughs> Somebody pulls up their zipper it's amazing it sounds like <clears throat> half a step past johnny dangerously yeah well <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen one of these it shoots through school it shoots. i mean it's shut it's got Chez uh palmentary in it um, joey travolta paul graco sylvester stallone um i don't this know this was why. like early 90s mid 90s this was like 92 i think 1991 oscar came out i remember seeing this when i was i was still at home i was still in high school i think uh Kurt I think it was on showtime um god who was who played his daughter wow like it, it was they kept talking i just remember her going oh thornton because she was flirting with the 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 elocution expert yeah. all right we have oh. spent a bunch of time on the Sylvester <laughs> <Sloan> movie, isn't it? <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna, we know which we're just everybody know that this is what we're going to be watching after this episode gets recorded. So, yep, there we go. It's time for so, Oscar. How about this? I have a question for you guys. Sure. Oh, Marissa Tomei. The uh, sorry. Um, and uh, maybe maybe I'll start with uh, with Jen. Um, in for the uh, graphic novels that you've read, did you feel that uh, Road to Perdition did an, uh, a good job or a bad job, I guess, or need some work, wherever the scale is in between, of showing the action versus like having a compelling story? Because there was a lot of action, but something tells me that there could have been... Like it, it didn't seem like I go from uh, from hell with Alan Moore, which is all talk, barely any action to now we have Road to Perdition, which uh, take a drink every time you see Blam, uh, and <laughs> you're not going to survive. Uh, I'm curious to know uh, your opinion on like, did they do well conveying the action? Um, I think it was OK. It, it, my only complaint, and this has been actually interesting because it's been the same in the past 
uh, I think three books that we've read where it's really hard to tell the difference between the characters, like the side characters, like the, the, the characters that are maybe not as important because there were several times in the book and there was action going on. I couldn't tell if the person who just got shot was Michael or if it was one of the guys that he had just You shot. know, the one thing that I always noticed uh, in all the action scenes, no matter who was in them, was uh, Mike O'Sullivan's hair was always had drawn as if it was combed, combed straight back, back uh -huh. and his son's hair was always drawn combed as if it was combed it straight down. Mm. And those are the only two that I really noticed that until you got to Elliot Ness Hone, who the scenes were much slower and their features were much more distinct. And then right. actually, if you compare Elliot Ness's drawing in the graphic novel to his picture on Wikipedia, mm -hmm. it's like dead Same on. with Capone. Right, yeah. yeah. Well, yes, so actual <laughs> figures. Well, and if you see in the back of Road to Perdition, um, not sure if it's in the actual physical book, doesn't oh yeah it is so the they have the pictures of the cover of the book that the the um graphic novel was based on the angel of death the michael o'sullivan story um and assuming that that is a fairly accurate representation of the actual person they drew him very much like he well i think the the was it yeah i looked that up too it was the story of bill gable so it wasn't actually michael o'sullivan it would have been bill gable would have been the main who they character. mention in the book yeah. oh they do yeah. i did yeah. I, they didn't name drop bill gable uh -huh. in the book oh it didn't even yeah. catch that well in the back of in the back though there is this the angel of, angel of death the michael o'sullivan story is a book oh okay yeah is another book and then loony days is another book that has the uh, the image of John Looney. Um, well, John Looney was was a real person. Yes, I know. Yeah, I, I kind of gathered that reading the graphic novel. I used my powers of deduction to realize there were actual human beings that have existed that were characters in this book. I did that. All that, and you're still a woman. On my own. Yep. <laughs> Are you done now? That, are, no, are, you, are you done now? <laughs> you, you just keep going, dear. This is like, do I need to go stand in the corner? I felt like I did something wrong, and I just asked a question. So, what I, was that question again? I think I we think lost that, it somewhere. To, to to finish my answer to your question, I think that um, I think it's it's a good mix. I mean, based on what the story is. Uh, it could have been more action and kind of gotten lost, but because it's told from the perspective of the son, who is only explaining much of the action from what he heard afterwards, after his father's death. So I think that it does a good job of balancing it because he 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 didn't he only had first you know firsthand knowledge of two of the incidents, three in the graphic novel. Two, I believe. Right. Yeah, I did really enjoy that those little uh, boxes of text that said this was I, I wasn't there I don't know exactly what happened but here's what I've been able to piece together and, and see I, I don't know I, I those got a little tedious for me because they just kept popping up it's like every time there was about to be I mean it was entertaining because you knew there was about to be a fight scene mm -hmm. that he wasn't there for because it turned into you know I'll, the this is what I've gathered from the historians and you know or blah 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 um some some version of that and I, I was always just kind of like oh, yeah dude we get it um like you weren't there well and that may have been just the the way that the um, author decided to do that because i felt like in the movie it was stated at one point oh in the very beginning yeah right basically yeah. saying here's the overview and 
it, you know, this is the this is the story of the six weeks I spent with my father. Right, yeah. right. So I'm not really sure why in the graphic novel the author felt the need to reiterate that every the, time. Yeah, yeah, like six times or something like that. Well, I had a note on that, and I think that part of that um, is in the movie versus the graphic novel. The graphic novel is very much dealing with the legend of these famous monsters, mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's why Elliot Ness has to be in that book. Right. And that's why, uh, you know, there's a firefight in the Lexington Hotel, you know, and, and two, but the, the, <laughs> the first one, one the first one was with Frank right. uh, Nitty. I mean, the movie, I guess, isn't paying as much into the legendary aspects of those mobsters where the graphic novel is. The movie understands if in a movie you have a firefight in Frank Nitty's office, that dude's dead. Yeah. Like you don't get out of the Lexington Hotel no matter how awesome you are. Again, that's where you have I mean, to be what John, John Wick. Wick. Right. He has to be John this Wick. Is John Wick of 1930. Right. Well, I felt like the movie gave was more of a perspective from, I mean, yeah, he was like the hitter for this you know, crime boss in the Tri-Cities, which not that big of a deal. He wasn't a legend. But yeah, he wasn't a legend. But also I felt like the movie was more from the perspective of someone within the machine of the mob. You know, someone who was not the, at the bottom, but he was nowhere near the top. Hmm. And and how you get things done how you try to accomplish things from that level of, of you know, the, the, basically you have the information, you have no control. Sure. You know? Yeah. It'd be like if in one of the mob movies, one person did the St. Valentine's Day massacre, you know, like it's, yeah. mm -hmm. I, on my own killed all of these people. That's a legend. That's yeah. that's yeah. what's in the book, and that is very much like in line with the stories they tell about Capone, right. the stories they tell about like Machine Gun Kelly and all these guys. Sure. The movie straight away from that and was like, yeah, these people existed, but here's, like you said, here's the machine of the mob. Here's the way that the mob works. Right. And and someone at his level wouldn't ha necessarily have access to the legends, you know. Right. And I think that the movie did a much better job of portraying that and. You know, in both, he tried to pull some strings and found that no one was willing to, to do anything for him. So he had to do it himself. And I felt like, I don't, I kind of felt like that part of it, you know, the, the, the skimming the illegal money from the banks. I kind of liked how it was done better in the movie than in the graphic novel. Do you think that was mainly because they also had that in conjunction with he was trying to teach his kid how to drive and like to shoot and stuff like that and actually be an adult? Yeah, I mean, he sort of did that. I mean, in the book, I mean, he the the son says, I became my father's getaway driver, you know, and it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, but I, I, I agree with you, Luke. I think that in the movie, there was more of a feeling of a father knowing that his days are probably numbered and trying to pass on skills and life lessons to his child before yeah, as much as, possible much as he information could. as he could. Yeah, it yeah. felt like it was uh, the they tried the uh, they tried to convey in the graphic novel the the whole I don't want you to end up like me, but they took it uh, in a more pronounced and like uh, more of the the fatherly role. Of I don't want you to end up like me, sort of thing, instead of just like the the looming 
uh, you know, the looming uh, uh, Grim Reaper in the back corner is just like, you're not going to end up like me, you know, do something, right. do something better with your life. He's more honest in the graphic novel when it comes to that, though. He actually has that discussion right. with with uh, Michael Jr. and says, OK, you've got questions. Let's let's talk. Yeah. And, you know, Michael Jr. is like, um, why do you do that? He's like, do you know what a soldier is? Yeah. Uh, and soldiers kill people like it's 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 a it's a back and forth conversation that he is a, having a very honest upfront conversation with his son and i don't feel that that really happens in the movie like you can tell by the way that tom hanks looks or 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 the way that he um emphasizes things non-verbally that that is what he's feeling and that is what he wants his son to pick up but he he's doing that i'm a strong man thing and doesn't actually break it down to just talk to his son right if- feels like he approached it with kid gloves yeah Mm -hmm. well and then there was another i don't really want to spoil the the graphic novel but there was another scene in the graphic novel regarding the banks that i don't know why they didn't put that in the movie because it would have been amazing and it would have done legions more to show that what the father was trying to do for the son. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting, and this is a bit of a spoiler, um, because well, we've already said perdition in the movie was in Michigan, perdition is in Kansas in the in the graphic novel. Yeah, sure. um, but that the farm is just a random place in the movie rather than the place that they're trying to get to. So the farm, like I oh, see no, okay. the, the farm, farm in the middle of, yeah, 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 the farm sure. in the middle of nowhere that they go, that basically the kid drives his dad to when he's been shot and get and, him patched up and get yeah. him patched up and they end up spending a bunch of time there. Um, and then, you know, the kid goes back there. Um, it, it just seems like, and I'm not sure if it was just visually the reason that they chose to do it in the movie to separate the um the the relatives home where that was their goal from the beginning of the movie from the place where the kid actually ends sure up. i get you yeah, the, the, yeah there's there is a tie-in of imagery there yeah, yeah. um which i think it's I, a safe is place. useful yeah. yeah like he he ends up basically kind of in the same place but, except for the fact that in the graphic novel he really doesn't but yeah. i'm just gonna blame um, tom hanks i mean well it's a happier ending i think in the movie yeah yeah, it, yeah. Absolutely. yeah the movie definitely has a happier ending. Yes, and if you didn't think that the ending of Road to Perdition, the movie, was happy, pick up the graphic novel. Yeah, you... <laughs> you're welcome. I'll say you know, the kid lives. The kid I, lives. Honestly, kid lives. I think the ending with the graphic novel, I think, fit the genre more of like you know yes. the, the mobster, the mobster yeah. uh, genre, and the fact that um, I also, I also felt kind of bummed out that. Uh, I feel that uh, the the interactions between uh, the mobsters and um, and the cops uh, in in the mob in the uh, mobster films or genres and stuff like that is very important. And you didn't see a whole lot of that in the film. Like I was kind of sad that they didn't actually have it. Like there was tie-ins with Capone or Elliot Ness mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I was a little I was a little sad that uh, they didn't go that route. But also, you know, we kind of touched on it earlier. But I understand why. It just seemed a little. I don't know, a little disappointing, I think. There are no police in Chicago, just killers in blue uniforms. Right? That that was a line. I came across that and I was like, I wonder how Jen's going to take that. Are you, are you actually reading the graphic novel or a conservative talking point? Oh. <laughs> Well, is that's not a conservative talking point. That's a liberal talking point. Like, the conservatives all think that you know, if you if you're wearing a blue uniform, you're you're the best thing in the world. Right. Whereas ultra liberals are going off on the all cops are bad thing. Yeah. It's yeah. Somewhere in the middle is an answer. Anyway, if you've got a gun, you, your intent is to kill people. 
Well, I mean, that's what those do. Yeah. You know? No, guns don't kill people. No, if you've got a gun, your intent is to kill people. Well, See that? I... That's a coffee grinder. <laughs> you know what I bought that for? <laughs> Grinding coffee. Right. This is a gun. You know what it does? Grants coffee. <laughs> I mean, damn it! I you, bought the wrong not, gun. Not very efficiently, <laughs> but yeah. Anything can grind coffee if you put your mind to it. I have a, I have a believe me, beer glass here. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to throw in the 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 politics. Uh, when we did from hell, we kind of jumped into that right off the bat. So I was That's like, true. "What are we missing right now?" Oh, right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> politics. We're also missing a, a crazy dude that was a grand wizard. Something. Yeah. So this was the uh, this is the last film that Paul Newman ever did. Really? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and it was well and while obviously he was moving into retirement and everything, there was an up and coming actor that was in this movie. And that was Jude Law. Yes. Who had been in a few movies. I mean, this is post Gattaca yes. and this is post AI. Oh, this was post Gattaca? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um and, and post AI. Um, and, and Daniel Craig. Yes. Daniel Craig movie. was yeah. yeah, early on too. This right. actually had a really like pretty stellar cast. It did. But, I don't believe uh, that was Daniel Craig. I think that just somebody that looked exactly like Daniel Craig, <laughs> but it was not Daniel Craig. It took me I, halfway through the movie. I'm just like, that, that's not Daniel Craig. No, that can't be. Yes, no, it, it is. is. It's the de-aging uh, technology that was used very recently on the end of a very popular TV show that I won't spoil. Yeah. Now listen, if you were watching it, it couldn't have been that popular. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it was. <laughs> If I took time out to watch yeah, it, no, I need to be I, in the zeitgeist. Uh, when when uh, Daniel Craig first came on the screen, I was like, okay, then, right? Mr. Bond. She, yeah, she, <laughs> I mean, she sounded like Shredder. She was going, dead babies! <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen the second Ninja Turtles movie because we didn't get that far. But there is literally a line where Shredder goes outside yelling, the babies! Well, why I mean, would I be yelling that about Because you, you actually if, said if Daniel Craig was a baby. Oh, yes, I did. If she's going to be yelling stuff out, it would have been like when she was watching the intro credits to the Transformers movie. <laughs> Wait a minute. Unintelligible screeching. <laughs> right? <laughs> what? 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 Gasps in Spanish. But I mean, you just look at the cast in general. I mean, like we said, we already said Paul Newman, Daniel Craig, Tom Hanks. We had Jennifer Jason Lee. Mm -hmm. Um, we had I can never pronounce this guy's name. I, I don't even try anymore. Oh, Claren Hines. There you go. Um, I'm not even sure that's right, but whatever. It's very Irish. Yes. Uh, Dylan Baker. Um, John Saros. John Judd, like it, the the list of people in here is just yeah, Stanley, Stanley Tucci, Tucci playing needy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jude Law, we already talked about, like well, but the thing with Jude Law and the reason I brought him up is McGuire, the photographing assassin, completely made up, yeah, added but, in whole but plus. taken so... from. So from awesome. But taken creepy. from the, the graphic novel, they just worked in his storyline yeah. into the movie. And that's where it goes back to when when Weez was asking, Do you feel like the, you know, how do you feel about the violence portrayed in the in the movie and then in the graphic novel? It it seems like maybe some of the gun violence was downplayed. Right. But there the is still but violence. there's still a lot of violence. Like when you get introduced to Jude Law's character, yeah. like you're ruining my shot. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like he is literally like walking over to this guy that's been stabbed and everybody thought he was dead. And the doctor hasn't shown up yet. And he's not actually dead. And the guy just goes over and just grabs a handkerchief and just like, just smothers him while he's still got the knife sticking out of his chest. Right. 
Yeah. Um, also, I, I would recommend to everyone to um, take a look at what Michael Jr. looks like today. Oh, because yeah. Because, damn. <laughs> Weeze, I heard you you starting in a, a couple times. Uh, I, I, there was, uh, I, I did not like the addition of Jude Law's character in the film. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm kind of the person that uh, has the difficulty differentiating the two. Uh, between the the graphic novel and the in the film um i i like to try and keep it as accurate as possible even though i know it doesn't happen uh i think it just added a level of creepiness that uh wasn't necessarily in that wasn't necessarily needed like i think he could have i think he could have made it so that way you know he was more of a hitman rather than a creepy hitman you know i just don't i think that that was just a little over the top so that was a direct choice um when doing my research on the d um i ran across <laughs> that the reason that they included mcguire is you don't get the the interaction between tom hanks and his objectives that often i mean you get the beautiful scene between him and john um in the rain but it was, really wasn't about him versus John. John was a means to an end. And then they had already had, when he finally gets to kill Connor, it's it's a nothing. It's him walking in, Connor's in the bath. You don't even get to see Connor die. He shoots him and walks back out of the room. Um, so they, they felt that for the movie, he needed... Uh, 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 an antagonist and so they created mcguire and they specifically made him look rat like a rat yeah mm -hmm. the way that he looks the way that yep. he moves and in fact jude law hated the way he looked so much that he insisted on wearing like a hat a lot yeah a lot yeah when he wasn't filming yep i i, I want to jump back just here for a second because after jen's comment on uh michael jr and how hot he looks do you know where you've all seen him before no Josh, you're going to love the shit out of this. Why? Remember Crisis on Infinite Earths? Uh-huh. Who played Superman? He played Clark Kent. He was, oh, is he the... He's Clark Kent in yeah. Arrow and The Flash and Batwoman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and also... Supergirl. He's, he was also Abe in Palm Springs. Yes, yes. Yeah, He's he's been in actually a bunch of stuff recently. Yeah. Um, so yeah. the same kid that played Tom nice. Hanks' son in the movie <laughs> is brought right back into our verse. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah, I know that I saw him in something else. Very, I was, very I was just like, I, you, uh, like, as soon as Jen Tyler said Hulchlin. it, yeah. yeah, and I, and I had, I had the cast list pulled up, so like, I wanted to bring that up as part of the episode. Then I looked at him, I'm just like, why does he look so damn familiar? Oh wait. Yep. So you uh, you mentioned uh, you uh, mentioned the scene uh, where uh, he uh, finally gets you where he gets killed in the bath at the end. I do want to uh, shout out to that and say that I thought that was that was very well done in the film that I want to give some hardcore props to with you don't actually see him like getting shot, but then you see the door move and then you see the mirror. Yeah, that and was almost. And you finally see it. Uh, right. I was gonna, I was gonna say those. I thought it was more of a homage to uh, the Godfather. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Bit. Yeah. I, I mean, makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was. Um, I don't know. I found it anticlimactic, and then like while feeling that way and looking at it, I realized why they did it that way, and that they want it to feel anticlimactic because this whole big revenge story basically amounted to duck, shooting ducks in a barrel. Yeah. Like compare it to the scene with his father where he's like taking out four guys in the dark and then he comes up and then like, you know, he has this moment. And then at the end of it, the person who he's been after the entire film doesn't matter. Well, I mean, he always knew that that's what, that's what it was going to be. Though. He knew that this guy wasn't 
anything by himself. It was just the protection that he had around him. Right. Right. But that's that's the thing. It still means more, you know? The scene meant more. I just, I just, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I, so I, here's a good I question. If, if, uh, I want to throw this at you, Josh, uh, if, uh, if you had the option of, uh, writing a screenplay of this, how would you do it differently than what was uh, presented? I'd add Ness in absolutely because you yeah. you add the whole idea of the Untouchables. Um, I do like the so idea of t- him taking the information back to right, right. Not to not to spoil the graphic novel. Yes, uh, Ness I'm is just involved saying in instead of it, instead yeah. of him taking the information back to Looney's father like he did in the movie. Right, he takes the information to Ness. To, to yeah, Ness and his men, and then uh, that starts to work its way out. And that in doing that, he also can put more pressure on Capone and Nitty and contact and be like listen this guy wants you big and bad and i i can't bring you down but i can put a dent in it so now where's your line where's your business value now you know um well i i feel like the the reason like in my mind the reason the screenplay didn't go there was because they didn't want to make a mob movie they didn't want it to be right. a movie about the mob they wanted it to be a movie about a father who happened to be in the mob and who had his, his son and his son and him trying to to make it right quote unquote mm. within that scenario and I, I can see that and honestly if they didn't do that specifically I bet you they wouldn't have gotten Tom Hanks. Right. Well, but okay. I would agree with that one. The graphic novel is a book about the mob. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And if so, if you want to take the ideas that are in the graphic novel and not make a mob movie, but make it about the relationship, mm-hmm. um, I think the wise thing to do at that point is to take all the actual mobsters' names out and just give them random. Um, you know, do it like Miller's Crossing, where mm-hmm. you're making up people. Because the moment you start saying Frank Nitti and Capone mm-hmm. and even John Looney to people that know, you know, the the but mobster. they weren't called Looney in the movie. Right. Um, which actually surprised me that they referenced Nitty and Capone because they changed the name in the movie of the family. And also they never really said they, where, where they were. Yeah, where they were originally. I was wondering right. about that myself. I didn't have time to rewatch yeah. the movie again to see if they mentioned where they were at. They well, he did say he, they drove all night to get to Chicago, which to me, that says New York. No. No, it would have taken more time. than all night. Yeah. With cars. Hours. Yeah, that's, that's that's more than all that's night. That's more than all night. Okay. Yeah, but what are cars topping out at though? At, yeah, you know, yeah, that exactly. That's true. But it's yeah, but it's still not the Quad Cities because the Quad Cities is two hours now, so it's four hours. No, now. it's not. It's not two hours. It's like it's three, like three from the Quad Cities. If you talk about because this was the '30s, so right. the Metro sprawl hadn't sprawled as far yet. Also, there weren't consistently paved roads. Some of the roads they were on were, were dirt just, roads. Yeah, dirt or gravel. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could probably get from the Quad Cities to Chicago, and most of those roads are probably gravel at that point in time. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, being a night's drive, which I would say would be six hours ish, yeah, give or take, um, from Chicago is a huge area. I mean, they could have been in Milwaukee. They could have been, you know. They could have been in southern Indiana. They could have been in. Well, northern Indiana, but yeah. Mid. Mid. Yeah. Somewhere in Indiana. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, the, the only town names that are mentioned in the movie are Perdition and Chicago. Yeah. Which anyway, back to the back to the original point. Either if you, if that's the movie you want to make, take all that out. 
and and make it up. But the moment that you start to mention those real life people is when people who are interested in mob stories start to be like, oh, so they're going to tell a mob story. And so you've lost some well, honestly, people Honestly, if, you... if you're going to do it by taking all that stuff out, I would, I would put it over on the East Coast, somewhere between Atlantic City and New York, because that's just El Generico at that right. point. Yeah. Do you feel like I got, I'm, I'm agreeing with Jen on this one that it kind of felt more like the the uh, father-son film that happened to be the setting with with the mob movie but do you feel kind of with that elements like in that same vein I can't remember exactly what you had just said Josh but uh in that sense does that like in the same instance like Pearl Harbor was just a, a romance film that was set in World yeah. War II I'm just gonna say I've never seen Pearl Harbor yeah that's, I'm not interested it was well and all it was was a, a not so great love story set in the middle of World War II. See, but I, but I'm going to tell you that that's likely what people like my father who like war movies. He probably went and saw Pearl Harbor because he liked it about Pearl Harbor. Probably walked away disappointed. Yeah, and you're going to have that with movies like this where it, you're go, like going to blow up the uh, it's a mob movie and then yeah. people show up to see a mob movie and it's a father son relationship. It's not necessarily bad. It's just not what people went there to see. If I remember right, wasn't it wasn't the three of us boys wheeze that went saw Pearl Harbor together you me and AJ uh no we were in Iowa I remember because we went to the car mic and saw it and I remember all the old duffer veterans that were there coming out absolutely yeah, just living hot just just pissed off because they were like this was not right. a Pearl Harbor movie this was a romance movie with a war in the background right so so that's what I'm saying is I understand the appeal of oh we're gonna dip it in this world but it's the same problem i had with eyes wide shut don't show me more interesting movies in the background right than the movie i'm watching i would not compare this to eyes wide shut as far as the interest of the primary storyline as compared to what you see in the background right um i know that you are really into mob movies but i think that it gave it it like kind of lended credence to the story of this guy is he's well known He's good at his job and people are still not willing to do anything for him. Even these well-known people that he actually has connections to. Even though he is well-respected with people higher up than the person that betrayed him. Right. So we're saying that even in the underworld that employers don't actually provide benefits to their employers. Absolutely. Yep. That's a, absolutely what we're saying. <laughs> Bullets for my family. <laughs> Listen, I I'd give Michael O'Sullivan a fucking soup can launcher any day. <laughs> but that's the thing. You give me Stanley Tucci, he's not playing Frank Nate. But you've built him up the same way that you've built up, uh, or you build up Michael the same way that you built up Gabriel Byrne's character in uh, Miller's Crossing. Mm. You don't need that to be an established, historical, real family. By the end of the first 15 minutes, you know who the major players are, and you know what the mob tension is, and you know who's in charge. And you oh, it's kind of like Bruce Willis' last man standing, too. It's just like, right. I'm walking into this situation, and it's already kind of ugly. It doesn't take long to figure out, you know, who's in charge and what's going on, and it can just be all generic. Right. You make Frank Nitty... Uh, you have Stanley Tucci basically play Leo from Miller's Crossing, you know, and, and he wants to give him up and he won't. And that's all the tension that you need. You don't need those names. I just, so, you know. I mean, so, I think it can be done brilliantly either way. I, I I like the way they did it. I don't have any problem with the way they did it. Um, I'm just saying, I just agree with the fact that, you know, you could also just do it all generically too. So let's talk about uh, the role. Like, do you guys feel, uh, and I'll start with, uh, I'll start with Bear on this one. Do you feel that uh, 
the, uh, separating the graphic novel from the film, do you feel that the graphic novel is uh, an essential piece to the to the to the to the genre? And do you feel that the film is an essential piece to the genre? To the mobster like yes. genre? Yeah. Um an, an essential piece. Um no. I think it's a I think it's a brilliant side note. Do I think it's an essential piece? No. Um there's there's is that so the graphic many... novel or the film or or both? Uh, either, both. Okay. Um I think they both tell great stories in different ways um but this is this is not this is not the godfather this is not um you know, actually the exact opposite end of the spectrum would be oscar um this is <laughs> you know this is this is not this is not Mob defining, adjacent yeah right um this is not a defining piece of of mob uh you know like organized mafia organized organized crime literature or film um but i would definitely call it a, a solid side piece yeah i would i would say i don't think there is a graphic novel version of like what you would refer to as like the godfather like something of that level or even casino or the untouchables or or any yeah. of that historical fiction eight heads in a duffel bag yeah. <laughs> you can't just start naming joe pesci movies <laughs> i thought that's what you were doing <laughs> Um, Joe Pesci was not the Godfather. It's true, but he should have been. (laughs) It would have made two and three so much better. That the tagly is fuck you with the drive, right? (laughs) Now, Lethal Weapon, on the other hand, is that an essential piece of mob? Yes. (laughs) Uh, So, but the the point being um it's a good if you want to see a piece of media show the importance of satellite areas that the mob controlled because the idea of there being a, a mob at all not just a gang but a mob that has ties to the larger organization that has Chicago. ties across the country like right, literally, right. when you're going, in the midwest yeah. in small towns like you're going right. from yeah. new york they're literally talking about having a you know a atlantic meeting city. in atlantic city right we're talking about we're actually having scenes in Chicago. They run off to New Mexico, which, by the way, one of my favorite moments uh, in the graphic novel. Hang on, I got notes on this. I got to pull up just to make sure I get them right. Um, one of my favorite no- no moments in the graphic novel was uh, not too far into chapter three, where Elliot Ness ends up at uh, the ranch that the loonies are currently inhabiting in El Mexico. And they talk about how it, uh, the locals call it El Rancho de Loco, which is currently inhabited by the The loony gang (laughs) i'm like uh let's see the crazy farm inhabited by the loonies (laughs) was entertaining to me yeah Yeah. um but that that perspective that that little piece of history if you're not going to read like pardon me an entire book on john looney for example um it does a very good job of explaining the relationships and the ties and how much those businesses meant yeah and they literally talk about how well you know this was a huge cash cow for us in iowa yeah. The Chicago gangs are talking about how they've got a huge cash cow in yeah. freaking Iowa yeah. during Prohibition times. Sure. So, you know, like I just just the web of, of all that. Why do you think if they're going to use actual names in the movie, Nitty, mm-hmm. why did they change the Looney's name? Because it's Looney? Because it's, it's a 2010s movie where you're supposed to take somebody with the last name Looney seriously and people don't trust their audiences. I, I can't argue with that. I don't know if that's why they did would, it. But I would go agree with, with that, that one. 
wouldn't wouldn't uh, be surprised if some uh, Hollywood big shot says no, we can't have like, a really have a kind of loony. Like, that sounds like a guy that's like you know. Is he also tiny and too neat? <laughs> now I definitely want to see. But, a yeah, that's definitely that. That, that sounds be... like some kind of coked up prick in Hollywood that, that's right. sitting in an office going, "We can't call him Looney. How stupid is that?" Right. Yep. Well, and you know they didn't go too far. No, it's Rooney. Rooney. Yeah. yeah. Rooney was the name they used, but I did I did think that was interesting because I was like, well, if they're changing names, I mean, and and O'Sullivan was his name, mm-hmm. right? In reality, right. So the Loonies were the only notable family name that was changed for the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Any other thoughts? Road to Perdition. No, I, I, I mean, the first thought after having finished both of them within the last couple of days, I, I mean, I went and saw the movie in the theater when it came out, but like first thought in general was... Have you ever seen a bad Tom Hanks movie? Right. <laughs> Mazes and Monsters. Ooh. I have not seen that movie. So I own it I, on DVD. I, okay, so we've got two movies we're going to watch tonight. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Mazes I and personally Monsters. have never seen a bad Tom Hanks movie. It's a very early Tom Hanks movie, and it's basically D&D is bad. Oh, wait, I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is it D&D is bad, though? Like, like, um... Yes, like, like, Darkest Dungeon or whatever. The, <laughs> yes. Yes. The <laughs> chick track. Yes. No, I was, no, I was talking about, uh, uh, what's the Archie... Riverdale. Riverdale, the season three, what was it? No. Four, four of Riverdale? No. no. That just doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was i watched that whole damn season on what was it griffins something in, something in griffins g and g they called yeah. it yes i watched oh, that boy. whole season to get to the end to see if it had any redeeming qualities and after that i'm, I'm just done i'm guessing it did not no because i know I, I watched it all like after after that season of riverdale i'm just done watching riverdale i don't i've lost yeah. all interest yeah no this is this is bad on that level it's Okay. It's go into the steam tunnels and people are murdering each other bad. So, I don't know. That might be better than this. <laughs> yes. um, Come on. This is only like the second time we've got off track this whole episode. Like, you got to give us some. So, some Road space. to Perdition, by the way, 300 pages, one of them. Yeah. Um, it's there. There are no I other. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I um, so, I guess my question instead of my normal, would you keep reading? is did this encourage you to watch more of the type of genre that you took away from it? Because Jen, you already stated that you took away a different type of genre. Right. But it did make me want to go and revisit like Miller's Cross at hand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm gonna make you we watch were Oscar. we are now going to watch Oscar because of it. Right. And you know, I am not uh, I don't love mob movies like you do. I I, th- I find them interesting. I like watching them. I like violence. So I <laughs> um, mob movies are right there in in that field. Um, I just thought I just really thought that it could the movie could have been done in a different way that was more mob like mobby that I wouldn't have told not Moby, this, Moby. not mobby yeah. mobby. Um, but you'd would, have good music. It would not have, have been the same story. It wouldn't have told the story as well as that movie did. I agree. And I think the movie told a story that was completely different than what the graphic uh, that's just, That was going to be my next yes. question. You feel that that story was in this graphic no. novel? I, no. I think they no. took elements yes. of the story from gra- the graphic novel and just disparately pulled them together and made a different story. Right. A really great story. It's still a really great story, just absolutely not Not the same story. story. But that story is also uh, generic enough that you could take that and you could essentially like put that in like 
swords and sorcery fantasy or something sci-fi yeah. too yeah that, that could have been a witcher novel or a witcher movie for all we yeah. you know knew and they did and it was called after earth and it was a sci-fi movie with will smith and Jaden smith that was yeah not i a didn't witcher actually movie. get to watch that movie you guys were all watching Jesus that movie Christ. no yeah no i was am I, was... I just being sensitive to you guys going so far <laughs> off topic today yes. okay. the energy yes. is a lot different than with alan moore on the this is only time. like if there's a tally counter somewhere in the recording this is only a third time of going off subject we've done far worse well we've gone off subject but you guys are going like oh the witcher no no let me tell you about this other so it's like it's like watching you fall down a well (laughs) maybe that's actually uh, maybe that's actually um some sort of uh um indicator of that this while the story was good there wasn't a whole lot of substance to it yep yep and so now it. we're getting I, off track all the time and it's we're doing, doing the stretch I'm doing this, know, we've, been, this, we've been we've been fighting bullshit fighting fighting to get an hour on this one because <laughs> you really can't say a whole lot about you know uh, a, a mob hitman is killing everybody to save his son i blame it all on wheeze okay yeah you can and wheeze wheeze bounces that to tom hanks and so yep. please send all of your angry letters direct to tom hanks please at Tom. He's gonna type yeah. right well, a as long as as long as Tom <laughs> Hanks, as long as you can get Tom Hanks to come onto our Facebook page and talk to us about it, we're okay with that. But like the the graphic novel is great, the movie is great. But if as soon as you start comparing the two, it's not so great. Right? They're not they're not the same. They're, uh, this may be. I mean, this is we've run into this a few times where a piece of media is made and it's not necessarily made off of something that wasn't great to begin with. Hellstrom. <clears throat> yes. Uh, well, Hellstrom wasn't great. Hellstrom wasn't great to begin with. <laughs> right. But that's the inevitability of uh, the X-Men because it always ends up just crapping out at some point in time. Well, that's that's you haven't heard the Hellstrom episode yet. But when it airs, you're going to hear me liken it to, you know, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Oh, well, that's exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but my point is that this was great source material and they didn't stay faithful to the source material but somehow made great media Still out managed of it. to make a great story. it might be right. it might be because of the fact that it's it's uh you know the mob genre which really i mean there isn't a whole lot of substance to that in the first place you know right right i mean go uh, our episode on the kitchen uh that we did that yeah has not aired yet but uh the same way i mean it's it's entertaining and there were things going on in it that i was like okay i'm down and the graphic novel was great but they were same basic framework that diverged very quickly um but still entertaining in both regards very quickly yes all right wheeze thank you so much for coming on again good to see you thanks for having me can't wait to come back again well, can't wait to get you down at some point uh, to be live with us and, and record once, you know, vaccines happen. Right. Uh, so our next... Vaccines for everybody in 2021. Woo! Shot, 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 shot. Every two weeks. Shot, shot, shot. <laughs> On that note, uh, please tune in next time when we will be talking about New New Mutants. Mutants. Uh, The Um, movie that took three years to release. And still didn't fucking do anything at the box office. (laughs) No, no. Well, COVID. COVID didn't didn't cause that. They should have put it on (laughs) VOD to begin with. But anyway, tune in next time for that. And until then, take it away, Mandela. Come with me.
tell a story that you might have heard before. Graphically novel, but the same old trouble. Villains always knocking at the door. Pretty pictures on the page, but nothing ever stays the same. Do, 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 do. You don't want to see my back. 